Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. A nice little dub last night. Nice little 2-0-T, 138-135 win for the Kings. They get their first win of the year on the second night of a back-to-back. Now, one and four in game two of back-to-backs. We love to see it. A little bit of dog, a little bit of fight. That was good to see. What's up, James? Good morning. It would have been nice if they didn't lose a first night of a back-to-back. So they were 0-4 on the second night of a back-to-back, 4-0 on the first night of a back-to-back. Now they're 4-1 on the first night and and 1-4. I guess I'm, I'm nitpicking, but at the same time, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear this one a little bit. I'm gonna wear this in two ways. A lot of this is my fault. Number one, you'll remember, and I forget who said it in the chatty house, youtube.com slash ESPN thirteen twenty TV. Uh excuse me, youtube.com slash ESPN thirteen twenty, twitch at twitch.tv slash ESPN thirteen twenty if you want to join the chatty house. Somebody in the chatty house brought up yesterday that I did say on Tuesday that I would rather the Kings lose to Charlotte and beat Orlando than vice versa. Mm-hmm. That's my bad. That's on me. My my fault. I put that <laughs> I put that energy into the universe. And then and then I know you're exhausted. You uh, go go to every Kings home game. You don't live around the corner from the arena. You have a little bit of a commute in. You do this show. You're in here 9 o'clock every day in the morning. And when the Kings have a home back-to-back, that is a that is a couple of long days for you consecutively. Yeah, they're like 16, 17-hour days. Right. And it's yeah. it is it's a lot. And I know it sounds not to not to necessarily be complaining about what we do for work. It's not it's not like we're yeah. roofing. Uh, but it's still it, it's a long time to be awake, it's a long time to be focused, and you gotta be locked in and you're asking questions and writing and doing all this stuff. Anyways, it's a long day. Mm-hmm. And you do them consecutively when the Kings are are on back-to-backs. And they went to two OTs last night on the second night of this back-to-back. And it's my bad for two things. One, (laughs) Orlando, the worst shooting team in the league, hits four of their first five three-pointers. And your boy, who can't keep his damn mouth shut and can't keep his damn Twitter fingers to himself, says on the internet, hey, this is good news for the Kings. Orlando being red hot early. There's no way they keep this up. There's no way, Kyle. <laughs> they went 25 of 44 from three. <laughs> Little franchise record for made three. A <laughs> franchise <laughs> record, Kyle. Tw- it was. <laughs> what is. What, like, 
franchise record. I mean, Mike Brown's like, I don't know. It was, it was a lot of threes. I, I don't know if they've hit that many. It was like, I, I almost, when it became my turn to ask hit yeah. a question, which yeah. I was, I think I was first or second. I was second. Um, I had the mic. I thought it was going to be first. And then Sean Cunningham behind me asked a question. He, there's two mics. Um, and I was going to be like, yeah, that's a franchise record. Uh, because he had asked two questions that he didn't know the answers to walking in, like during his, his opening statement. Yeah. And I was going to answer both of them. Sure. Sure. And it was like, yeah, that was a franchise record. 25. And then there was something else that they did, uh, that was like realistically was weird and that he didn't have the answer to. Yeah. It was so, so that was the first thing. The second thing, and dude, I've been, I have not, I'm not a, a media OG, right? I am not our boss, Charlie, who's been in the game. I'm not that, but I've been around long enough. I've been calling baseball games and doing radio shows for 15, 16 years now, right? Yeah. Like I, I get, the Kings are up, I, I forget what it was, 13, 15, something like that in the second half. And I turned to my wife. And I said, well, this is good. At least I'll get to go to bed early now. Kyle. That's on me. That is 1,000% my fault. I got so locked into my idea that the magic couldn't shoot that I went, oh, they're down. They have no way of getting back in this game. Yes. Uh, like that should have been the way it was, Kyle. No doubt. Like the, the the process was sound. The execution very poor. You, everybody knows that you never go, man. This hey, this game's moving right along. Mm-hmm. You never say that. You never say, hey, at least we're not going to get overtime tonight. Never say that. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to change yourself. Yeah, and that's my fault. I I looked over. I went, hey, gonna get to bed early. Catch up on 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 the the fourth quarter tomorrow. This will be good. And sure enough, yeah, I'm up until the end of the second overtime now. Yeah, and it it was a long night, man. I I just kept thinking, is this so, gonna keep going? It it dude, it really felt like it was gonna. Is it gonna it, go it to? It felt like a third overtime. OT was coming. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. <laughs> but no, the Kings, uh, really, like I said, they they showed. We have talked so many times. Well, four actually this year when we've come in on the se- after the second night of a back to back and been like, "What was that?" Yeah. What? Where's the? You always talk about the compete level. Yep. It is not there. And last night it was very much there. There were so many opportunities in that game for Sacramento to be like, "Well, all right, we're done tonight." Yes. And they just never, they never did. They got the, they got a key defensive stop. They, they hit a key bucket. They got a key rebound. They just did every single little thing they needed to do, uh, to, to pull out a win against, against an Eastern conference playoff team and a team in, in Orlando that to me is the type of team that gives the Kings trouble. Yeah. They're a good defensive team. It's a lot of length, a lot of athleticism and, uh, Sacramento overcame that and, and, and got the win in two OTs of Really, really nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a couple of things to this. Number one, you can never expect a team that that averages 10 threes a game to come up with 25. That That's not going to happen typically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that would be one thing. The other thing is, like, for, that's a really, really good Orlando team. They did have injuries. Uh, Franz Wagner, you know, got hurt during the game. Um, they just kept, uh, Gary Harris got hurt during the game. 
They had uh, Anthony, like, wasn't able to go before the game. I don't know. And, and Kyle, just so you know, um, the fan returns have, have the first fan returns for NBA All Stars oh. just got released. Oh, nice. Just got released. Um, so uh, De'Aaron Fox. My buttons ready. Hang on. De'Aaron Fox, fan voting. He has made the list of guards, but he is way down at number eight at 210,911 votes. That is the only Sacramento King on the list of fan voting to start. So, yeah. We have front court is LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Alprin Shengun. Sure. Victor Wimbanyama at eight. Uh, Shingun is put together He's an a really incredible nice season. Chet Holmgren is number nine, and Carl Anthony Towns comes in number ten. We've got Luca and Steph as uh, number one and number two at guards. Okay. Shea Gilgis uh, Alexander. Yeah. James Harden at number four. Sure. Kyrie Irving at number five. Did people like think this was like two thousand eight? Like it's, I'm wondering, like who who voted for this? Uh, Anthony <laughs> Edwards at number six. John Morant comes in blazing. Well, okay, at number okay. seven. Well, to be <laughs> fair, to be fair, he has been All Star caliber in his six games. In his six games, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which they did win a few of those. Uh, we have Clay Thompson at number nine, and who is uh, sure, thirty thousand votes behind De'Aaron Fox. Number ten. Everyone's favorite, Austin Reeves. What the? Hey, if you had told me to guess where Austin Reeves was in the all-star voting, I would have said way higher than 10. Yeah. I'd, I'd, have I'd have been, been like, like two or three. Have people been brainwashed into this? I, I, I don't know. You know who's leading the Eastern Conference guards? Tyrese Halliburton. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Demonis Sabonis is not on the list of NBA fan voting... Uh, All-Stars. But after picking up his seventh triple-double of the season last night, I'm going to guess that he will be an All-Star. Yeah, I think, yeah, because there's there, it's not just a fan vote. The fan vote is just for the starters, right? No, um, I think the fan vote, it goes into like a hopper. You, you, you have the fan vote, you have a media vote, and then... You have yeah, the but players I thought, I thought whoever were like the top two guards and the top three front court guys had to be starters in the game. I don't know because I, I think that vote. you cannot make the All Star team and be a top three guy in the fan voting. Like it, it no, it, I know there's it's it's weighted with the other voting, but yeah, at the end of the fan voting, okay, that's possible. I think if that's like I don't know, anyways. Yeah, we'll we'll look into that. I clearly care a lot about how the NBA All Star selection process goes. Um, speaking of Shea Gilgis Alexander, well, yep. we're we're gonna dive into to King's Magic. Uh, Malik Monk was incredible last night, mm. thirty seven points, nine assists. We will talk a ton about Malik Monk. Um, rough night for De'Aaron Fox. Just there's a ton to dive into, but real quick, you mentioned Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm. Have you been following his recent run? No. <laughs> The Thunder four and one in this run. They lost last night to Atlanta, one forty one, one thirty eight. But Shea in those five games, starting December twenty seventh against the Knicks, thirty six eight, uh, thirty six points, seven boards, eight assists, forty points, four boards, three assists, 
Uh, that was against Denver in a 119-93 win. 24 mm-hmm. points, four boards, six assists, and a win over Brooklyn. 36-6-7 in a win over Boston. And then last night, 33-13-8 and in a loss to the Hawks. Shea is ridiculous right now. He is ridiculous right now. Yeah. Um, I'd also... Uh, Sabonis is on this crazy terror yeah. where, where he's had 15 or more uh, rebounds in three straight games. It's outrageous. He also has... Five triple doubles in his last nine games, and he's uh, he's the leader in the NBA in rebounding once again. He's bumped his rebounding number up to twelve point eight on the season, nineteen point six, twelve point eight rebounds, seven point five assists. <laughs> Where he's sure. he's heading towards like triple double range. I don't think he'll get to the ten assist number, but. Like we're watching greatness, and it's just so underappreciated. Even if he does turn the ball over six times last night and seventeen over the last two games, that's crazy. Yeah, it, but still, like what you're watching is wild. Like how impactful he has been, hey, night in and night out. Hey, and in that same stretch of five games where he's gone in rebounds twelve, ten, twenty one, nineteen, and then twenty three last night. Yeah, he's also averaging twenty three points a game in that stretch. Over the last five games, 23 points, 17 boards, 8 assists. Wow. That is a ridiculous yes. stretch of games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. yeah 20, 23 boards last night. Is, very, very underappreciated. I mean. He was, I would argue that, that Demonis Sabonis last night, and I guess this kind of gets a little bit what, to what you're saying, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way at all. He went 22, 23, and <laughs> that's, that's hard to say. 22, 23, and 12. And it felt like he was like maybe the third best player for the Kings. I think night. he was my fourth key to the game. Yeah, yeah, my my fourth of the six quick thoughts. Yeah. By the way, my my key of hey, let Orlando shoot it didn't age well. Mm. Yeah, it's on me. <laughs> it's, it's on. It's All bad. of this was Kyle's fault. Kings would have rolled last night if I would have kept my damn mouth shut. That's All right. right. Speaking of your keys to the game, your six quick thoughts. Those are coming up next, of course, with a bonus thought as well. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. Kings beat the Magic in two overtimes. We have a ton of storylines from last night to dig into, and we'll begin that next with James' six quick thoughts on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lou on ESPN 1320. Oh, good question from Leezy at the chatty house. Before uh, before we get to your six quick thoughts here, James, what's the longest Kings game you've ever been to? I think there was one triple overtime game. I might be wrong, though. I feel like there was a Tyreek Evans-related triple overtime game. Yeah, that's... I could totally be making that that's up. That's possible. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. You know, we had the game. I'm gonna like, look this up for you. Was it a week ago where I I tweeted out this is the longest first quarter? Oh yeah, in it, the history of the NBA. <laughs> and then next thing you know, they stopped the game and they announced that they had inadvertently added 53 seconds to the first quarter. Like you get so used to the flow of how a game should go, and when it feels like something's off, like I've covered too many games where I I instantly felt like something was wrong. Yeah, and it was someone added a minute to the game. <laughs> to the Isn't first, that weird? It's so the first weird. quarter. Yeah, it's very very odd that fifty one seconds would feel like that. But like you said, when you get into the flow of a game, 
as after as many games as you've you've been to and watched. Uh, all right, let's get to your six quick thoughts with James Ham. Hang on, dude, we have an intro now. We do. How'd yesterday's Kings game go? Kings insider James Ham has six notes you need to know. Here are James Ham's six quick thoughts. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, Kyle, that's hot. I feel like I should be driving down the road in like a really cool car with my hair blowing in the wind while that's being. Oh yeah, it's got big Don Henley energy for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I I love it. <laughs> uh, number one of James's quick uh, six quick thoughts: the heater. After a strange game on Tuesday, Malik Monk found his found his game in the second quarter of this one. Um, I said game three times. That's when you know it's uh, it's a long. You're night. writing these at four a.m. <laughs> well, like no, I'm writing them during the game. I I had th- game three times in the first sentence. Wow, that my apologies to people out there who read six quick thoughts, but not the guy who tried to correct me and was wrong. You can suck it. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> That's just that's the way it goes. Uh, the Kings' super sick man caught fire uh, from deep, drilling five triples in the second quarter. He finished with thirty-seven points and nine assists. He was so incredible. And uh, when De'Aaron Fox, uh, who backpacks his team every single night, can't actually like come through, and you have a guy step up, like kudos to. To Malik Monk after a rough day, like I think we lambasted the guy yesterday a little bit. Yeah, it was. De- yeah, I I don't know about lambasted, but definitely went. Hey, he's too good and too important to have games like the one he had the other night. Yeah, and Tuesday night, I guess. But also, like I, I'll take the same thing. Like I don't think Mike Brown did anything wrong, and I'm sure we'll discuss this later. But like sometimes you you got to check somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my bad if I if I blow up the chatty house there. Uh, it is what it is. Oh yeah, no, Soren, it's it's happening. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Malik was was awesome last night, and after that second one went down in the second quarter, it had the feel of Uh-oh. oh oh something yeah something's happening something magical yeah pardon the pun nice dude really good there you go uh, yeah I I don't um. I don't have a ton to add to this one. We'll talk about Malik Monk later. I have a Malik Monk take. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll save it. Though. I think I also have a Malik ton- Monk, a Monk take. Yeah, when he plays, well. he when when he if he's going to play like that, not even score thirty seven, but be that assertive and distribute. He had the nine assists. Mm-hmm. He's going to be that assertive offensively, and if he's going to shoot it well from outside, um, it's it's really really hard to beat the Kings. Number yeah. two. Uh, we had a Keegan Murray sighting yeah, sure uh, playing against a fellow top 20, uh, 2022 top four pick in Palo Bancaro. Uh, Murray went to work. He's been in a bit of a, uh, a bit of a slump, but he was aggressive, notching 28 points on 13 of 21 shooting, including three big dunks. He had to 12 rebounds in the win. Kyle, the 12 rebounds of the 12 rebounds, six came in the five minute double overtime session. He was a game changer on the glass, and there was even one that he snared that was crazy. He just, it, like, a ball went to shoot off the rim, and he just, boom, grabbed it and going the other way. So really, really impressive. He had, I, I had this note, he had four offensive boards last night. They were all in the third quarter through double overtime, so all in the second half in OT. 
Uh, three of them led to buckets and mm. seven points, including his game-tying three late in the second half that made it 135 all. That make by Keegan Murray was set up by a Keegan Murray offensive rebound. Yeah, that's science. Yep. It's easy yeah. work. All yep. Right, number three. Um, catch and shoot. Uh, Harrison Barnes showed zero hesitation in his game, which I think is the key. Yep. Uh, he knocked down four of six from long distance, 17 points. He he, 17 points on nine shots. Mm-hmm. That's a Harrison Barnes night. Yes. He added three rebounds. At one point, he had four rebounds. They took one away. I'm not sure if he finished with three or four. They kept messing with his rebounds, but... Uh, He'd had a tough string of uh, outings and had been called out even here on this radio station multiple times. Uh, whether it Kenny was got after him yesterday. Us or yeah, I mean, if Harrison Barnes was listening yesterday to Kenny Caraway, uh, he instantly no, knew that he needed to have a better game. Kenny didn't say anything wrong. Everything no. Kenny said was spot on. Yeah, and Harrison Barnes, and again, it's not he doesn't need to have seventeen tonight, but like be visible. Mm-hmm. I, there, there wasn't really a time last night where I forgot Harrison Barnes was on the court. He was, he was checking Paolo Bancaro full court, and Paolo hit some really tough shots. He's a hell of a player, but I mean Harrison Barnes was an effective player who impacted winning last night, and that has not been the case for what's felt like a month. You know, it's funny. Everyone who was at the game, the two things that that pop into their head from that game when you're watching like the warmups and pregame. Number one is that Paolo Bancaro is a huge human being. He is not, like, he is a legit, I think, 6'10", mm-hmm. but broad-shouldered, like, like super thick through the chest. Like, he is a big, big dude. And the other thing is, oh, my gosh, Jonathan Isaac is huge. Yeah, he's a big boy. Another big, big dude. Mm-hmm. They they are way bigger in person than you would think. Yeah. And I, I don't think being, you know, being on the West Coast and them being in Orlando, we don't see a lot of their games mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. But if uh, you're not paying attention, especially Isaac has grown into his body. I was lucky enough to go to the Final Four where mm-hmm. uh, Paolo Bancaro was, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a yeah. big man. Yeah. If they ever get Jonathan Isaac right where he and Paolo can play next to each other, yeah, that's nuts. But you got to get him healthy first. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's rip through these last three. Number four. Uh, Sabonis, uh, moved into second place with the seventh triple double of the season, 22 points, 23 rebounds, 12 assists, uh, fifth triple double in nine games. Rebound numbers are spiking. He's crazy. We had the Domas numbers conversation earlier. Number five. We did. Uh, he's really good. Conclusion. Exactly. Super quiet. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is one of the most consistent scorers in the NBA, but he didn't look like himself in this one. He missed all four of his three point shots, finished with 15 points, seven assists in 44 minutes. It was an off night, and you could tell he was hurting. Like, he yeah. felt, you know what he felt like? He felt like I felt like. Like, yeah, he oh, didn't, man. He didn't look right at all. Just, yeah. It's, it, he is not always on offensively, and I know he took 22 shots last night. But in double overtime. Yeah, and he just didn't look as engaged as, as he normally does, particularly late in the game. And I, I respect that a little bit with Malik Monk and Keegan Murray pelling as well as they were. But, yeah, not, not. A great night for for De'Aaron Fox, but on the other hand, and we're going to talk about this later. But if you tell me De'Aaron Fox is going six to twenty-two with fifteen points, I'm going oh, and the other team's going to hit twenty-five threes. Yeah, game over. Yeah, I would have been like, yeah. wow, the Magic won by forty. Yeah, uh, and that was I, not the case. I, I would also point out in the double overtime session, De'Aaron Fox did finish with five points and helped put them over the top. He yep. did come through in the clutch. Yep, as he usually does. Number six. Um, another solid game. Trey Lyles continues to round into shape after missing the first uh, 13 games of the season. 
He's on fire from long range in his last four games. Uh, 10 points, three rebounds. I thought he was big, especially with a lot of players. Like the Kevin Herter, uh, Chris Duarte duo mm-hmm. were so non-existent. Yeah. And, you know, there are other players that, like even uh, Davion Mitchell did not have a good nope. a, a good game. And so for him to come in and, again, provide some spark, I thought was really cool. Yeah. And like you said, drawing a couple offensive fouls as well. That three. last one, a little questionable. A little questionable on that last one, but hey, you know what? It was going this way. Uh, I have a bonus seventh point. Oh, I'm listening. Seventh quick thought. Then we'll hit the break. Kevin Herter's headband's got to go, bro. That's it. No more headband. That's Herter. the you've, you messed with his minutes in the preseason. Didn't work. Messed with the putting him in the uh, on the bench in the regular season. Hasn't worked. You messed with cutting his minutes. Hasn't worked. Last night he was clearly pressing. You saw him miss a three, and then on the next possession, I can't remember if he got a steal or a rebound, but he goes down and in transition, just pulls from three, bricks it badly. That guy needs a change, and right now the most logical change is get rid of the headband. That makes sense. That's it. Um, I, he's missing. I'm going to fix Kevin Herter. He's missing in warmups, like it's straight up three, uh, three out of ten, four out of ten. Oof. Like there's a hitch in his three point shot. I watch him go to the free throw line in warmups. And you could see him have the hitch in a free throw, and then he fixed it. Mm-hmm. He's got a hitch in his in his wrist yeah, in, like in his shot, and I don't know what's going on, but he's in his head. Hmm. Tough. So, yep. Frank in the chatty house says he was over, but he had seven rebounds. I don't care. I need Kevin Herter to hit shots, man. Yeah, that's it. Like seven boards is 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 great, but at least he impacted the game. I need him to hit shots. All right, and we need to hit a break. We're gonna do that. I have a Malik Monk take that we need to get to next on ESPN 1320. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My apologies to people out there who six but not the guy who tried to correct me and was wrong. You can suck. 
Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, like I said, I, 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 the officiating at the end of that game was bananas, but I don't know if any call was more bananas than the out-of-bounds on the Kings when Bancaro just threw it out of bounds. <laughs> there was, there's other replay. I thought initially, I thought he got fouled. Mm. And then the way he was shaking his head, I went, Oh, he must have just thrown it out of bounds because the way the 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 way the TV broadcast cut it, he was looked like really disappointed and shaking his head. I was like, oh, he must have thrown it out of bounds. And then the Magic are lining up with the ball under the basket, and I'm going, what? so he didn't get fouled? Like, what? Oh no! Because I thought yeah. it was cl- the the only outcome there that watching live, the only outcome that didn't make sense was out of bounds on the Kings. Yeah, and then they show a replay. And like I said, I think it was Monk, like swipes at it, but never gets close. I think it was um, it was Keegan. Was it Keegan? Whoever it was, swipes at it, was never close. Ball goes flying out of bounds. <laughs> All right, man, sure. Yeah, and I, people were asking about the review. I, I need to go back and, and look at the rules on that, but I believe because both teams were out of, um, they were out of challenges, that they they couldn't. I'm not sure, but I thought within the last two minutes of a game, you're allowed to look at an out. Yeah, of I thought I thought officials at least would look. They at should it. have looked at that the whole time, but, and and oof. I mean the fans let them have it. They were booing loudly, and then they kept showing the replay, and it was like shock and awe. And it was the the female official on the outside that called that. It was because, JTA because they were. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, he did play like 19 seconds. Yeah, in that game. This is why I love the chatty house. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen uh, messages telling us it was JTA. Okay, good job, chatty house. Yeah, again, like managing writing a game that's coming down to the wire. Oh yeah, no, no. I yeah, I had two two leads. Mm-hmm. I had the they win, they lose. Sure. And then I'd even like put in um, during the the Keegan Murray six quick thought, which finishes with uh, he added twelve rebounds in the win. I actually had written in the loss. And once you write it, though, I'm a superstitious guy. I'm like, no, nah, I got to leave that. And so I left it there, mm-hmm. and then went back at the last second before I tweeted out and changed in the win. Mm, I see. Yeah. Good work. I uh, just like <laughs> I, definitely a a baseball guy. I like the superstitions run deep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You can uh one time I remember Susan Slusser, who used to be A's beat writer, former Giants beat writer. Um former Giants beat writer? Yeah, so she took all the Giants stuff out of her bio oh. on Twitter. Okay. I don't know. Um maybe Giants beat I, I don't know. Anyways, former A's beat writer is what's important. And there was one time she had pre written a story. And if you're unfamiliar, when you write a story, there's the hyperlink, which is the link you see when, like, at the top of your browser. Mm-hmm. And that hyperlink after the slash, it'll be like Kings dash Magic dash Double dash Overtime dash Win, whatever it is. Like the yeah, she wrote up the loss, and then the A's came back in this game, but she did not change her hyperlink. So her hyperlink was like A's lose to Mariners or whatever it was, and they actually won. And once the hyperlink's out, you can't change it. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it's... So, thankfully, you didn't do that. 
it's not the hyperlink. It, it's um, I'm trying. To, it's a is it a slug? Like whatever that's called. I, I think it's a slug. Like you can change the URL. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you mm-hmm. can change that before it goes out. Right. And you know, and so no. Once it's out there, though, you cannot change it. Correct. Yeah. 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 All right. You All can right. suck it. There we go. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Kyle. If anyone missed it, here's what James said earlier. My apologies to people out there who read Six Quick Thoughts, but not the guy who tried to correct me and was wrong. You can suck it. <laughs> uh, My I bad, Malik, yo. I have a Malik Monk take <laughs> after last night's game, and I had this take before last night's game, but uh, last night helped underscore my point, and in talking about it with a couple of buddies, I think I have, I think I have ironed out exactly what I mean. Okay. I think Malik Monk is the King's most important player. Okay. And I say that fully understanding and fully aware of what De'Aaron Fox and Damanis Sabonis both individually bring to the table. And frankly, what they bring to the table together. Okay. And I understand that they are the King's two best players. Bar none. That is the case. And that is going to be the case night in and night out. But the reason Malik Monk is so important for the Kings to me is because you know what you're going to get nine nights out of ten from De'Aaron Fox. Mm -hmm. And frankly, with this season, 99 nights out of 100. You know what you're going to get 99 nights out of 100 from Damanis Sabonis. Yep. That is your baseline as a team. That is your baseline as a, hey, that's a a good NBA team. They're they're not going to be the worst team in the league. But just those two guys don't make you a playoff team. Yeah. And they certainly, they, they, they don't make you a contender, and I don't think there's any two players in the league who do make you a contender by themselves. Malik Monk is what puts the Kings into a different level, or onto a different level. Okay. Because when he plays like he does last night, where he is assertive offensively, where he is distributing and being that real like second point guard for them, and when I mean, anybody who scores 37 points is going to be helpful, but it doesn't even need to be 37. It could be 18. It could be 20. Mm-hmm. There is an energy he brings. There is a spark he brings. When his threes go down, there's a different pop in the arena. Like it's just a, the energy is just different when Malik Monk is on the court and when Malik Monk is rolling. And I think you see that with the crowd. I think you see that with the team. And Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox are great. Like undeniably all-star, all-NBA caliber players. Got it. The Kings this year, as constructed, are going to go as far as Malik Monk takes them. Hmm. Okay, I would say that it was the same last year. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I don't think it's anything. It, it is the way this team was like successful last year was when Malik Monk brought the energy. They were different, and so I don't disagree with you. But I would also continue to to argue this point with anyone who wants to bring it up because it gets brought up in my mentions all the time. The Kings are a better team with Malik Monk as the six guy coming in off the bench and changing the energy in the room. A hundred percent. I agree with that. He can go be a starter somewhere and maybe that's what happens here. Mm-hmm. Maybe he goes on to be a starter and he's going to get Man, an opportunity to, to run his, his own team. But his role in the NBA is likely as this six-man type mentality. But a six-man that can play 46 minutes in a game, he's not your standard six-man who comes in and plays 
18 minutes or, or 22 minutes. Right. Some nights, sure, he plays 22, 24 minutes, mm-hmm. but he's a guy that if he's rolling and if he's right, Mike Brown sticks with him. Mm-hmm. And so Chris Duarte, he played 10 minutes last night. You know, he he started, again, kung fu mm-hmm. chopping everybody, and he went and sat down on the bench and didn't get to play again. You know, Kevin Herter, he couldn't hit a shot at all. So, you know, he played 18 minutes. Uh, Davion Mitchell wasn't impactful when he came in the game. Yep. So you rode the Malik Monk train, and that's that's how Mike Brown has handled this situation. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I can't fault that. Like, I, I, I had a conversation years ago with Paul Westfall, and he said, no coach in the league will put their best five players on the floor as their starting lineup. Right. And if they do, they just don't understand the dynamic of the game. Well, right. Or, or your roster construction is screwed. Yeah. Well, and this was coming from Paul Westfall, who at for at some point in his career was a six man, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a guy who averaged 25 points a game. Like, this was a great score. He's like, no, no, no. You need someone to come in and change the complexity of the game, to change the energy, to change to score baskets in a different way than the mm-hmm. rest of your team, to not have to play within the structure of a specific offense, to come in and freelance a little bit. You need that type of player, and mm-hmm. that's what Malik Monk is. And I hope that he appreciates that, and I hope that like whatever it is that the Kings can pay him, well, I know what the Kings can pay him, but I hope that that's enough to keep him around long-term because – I really do think he's a a very very impactful player that makes the Kings a much better team. And you saw it in each of the last two nights. <clears throat> I think I think you're right. This was the case last year, but to me, it really got highlighted high highlighted highlight highlighted. Mm-hmm. It was highlighted the last two nights. In Malik Bunk gets pulled after five minutes, yeah. and really struggles against Charlotte, and the Kings could never get it going against a bad team. Yeah. And last night, very good defensive team in in Orlando. And Monk comes in and he hits his five threes in, in the second quarter. He scores 15 points. He finishes the night with 37 to go with his nine assists. Mm-hmm. By the way, 37 and nine. If you go look at the players who have done that this year, I looked that up last night, who have gone at least 37 and nine in a game. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, several guys a bunch of times, but like Jalen Brunson, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, uh, I think LeBron has done it this year. Nikola Jokic has done it. It's the list is just a bunch of really really good players. Like Elite. that's that's yeah. the level that Malik Monk can reach. And when he reaches that level, like and again, I don't think he can. He's not going to go average thirty. That's that's not what I'm trying to say here. Mm-hmm. But if there is a if there is a world where Malik Monk can harness that. Uh, I don't want to say energy can harness whatever he had last night where he is a definitive number two scoring option. De'Aaron Fox doesn't have it tonight. Well, here's Malik Monk. Mm -hmm. De'Aaron Fox out for this game. Here's Malik Monk. And you're not going to miss a beat. If they're getting the version of Malik Monk that they got last night. And again, whether he's scoring 17 points or 37, I think they are way, way harder to beat. Oh, I totally agree. And it's just not, it, it is, I we talked about the pecking order thing a while back, who's the king's pecking order. It's Fox 1, Monk 2. In terms of get them the ball, go get a basket. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you need a basket, it's mm-hmm. those two. Yeah, and I just, if, and again, maybe he goes and, and has six points on one of ten in their next game. Mm-hmm. But 
if you know that you're getting some level of the Malik Monk they got last night, that again, as we talk trade deadline for me, changes the calculus of, oh, hey, okay, maybe maybe the, the player you go get, maybe you're getting a two-guard. Let's just say a two-guard mm-hmm. because that position's in shambles right now. Maybe you go get a starting two-guard. That two-guard now doesn't need to be DeJounte Murray. It doesn't need to be a guy who can go create his own shot. No, I mean, that's why, I, in all honesty, it makes Kevin Herter extremely expendable at this point because yeah. it's not just Chris Duarte that can start. You can start Keon Ellis. You can you might be able to start Colby Jones. Like, yeah. maybe maybe after the All-Star break, maybe there's a possibility that you could start Colby Jones and have him play 16 to 18 minutes, maybe even some nights he'll play 24 when he's got it defensively, when he's making the right moves. Mm-hmm. Some nights he won't. But you can start that type of player at the two as long as you have Monk coming in off the bench to do the other things. The, mm-hmm. I think where you, you have problems is you have to have somebody else that can play with Monk and, and someone who's defensive-minded and, and they can yeah. take on some of that, uh, whether that's Davion or whether it's one of these other players that we're already talking about. Mm-hmm. But like I, I think there has to be a, a blend there. But it does make what's happening at the starting two like much more... You can take risks there. You can yeah. go with a defensive guy in Chris Duarte, or you can go with a shooter in Kevin Herter, or you can go with some other random player. You can go with just like a, like again, a Keon Ellis, who for me is more of just like an instigator, like a like a catalyst guy. Mm-hmm. You can do that mm-hmm. because Malik Monk brings something different to the table. Do you think so? My initial thought last night was, as Malik is hitting his 4-3 in the third quarter. Well, Mike Brown did it right. The tough love, pull him out, get yeah. the yelling match, worked. But Mike Brown said after the game that that's not all that happened. It wasn't like that happened, and then they came to work the next day, and Malik went, I'm going to go score 37 and show you double birds. There was some... Uh, amends making it sounds like yeah yeah so definitely um what mike said after the game was that following shoot around yesterday he pulled malik into his office and, and had a conversation the first thing mike said was i should have coached him which is a lot of what damian barling said yesterday on our show and is what damian said with uh with d'lo and casey he said mike brown should not have just benched him he should have he should have like just had a coaching moment right and I agree that like there are different ways that you can handle a player. Yeah. But I think Mike is is doing like hindsight a little bit. Like the fact that he pulled him into the office and that he apologized to Malik Monk for what happened. I'm sure Malik said, "Hey, look, I'm sorry too. I, I shouldn't have said something to you on the bench." Like the back and forth here, it's a good moment where it, again, it's a coaching moment, it's a teaching moment, all that stuff. I, yeah. I get it, but. I don't agree that uh, Mike Brown needs to say, yeah, I apologize because that shows that Mike Brown is, is making sure that the media knows that they're, we're okay. Me and Malik are Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Like he's not going to leave the Kings and free agency because of this moment (laughs) in time where we're not friends anymore. (laughs) Sure. Right. So, so Mike has to say this and to a certain degree, but I also think it's a good moment for Mike to say, yeah, okay. Could I have handled it differently? Sure. But at the same time, like Malik is a straight up hooper. Like that dude is not a a workout warrior. He's mm-hmm. not a weight room warrior. I mean, sure, he goes and does his stuff that he's supposed to do, but he's not that guy. Mm-hmm. What he is is a gym rat. 
he is in there shooting and going crazy and playing basketball all day long. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guarantee you, if you find Malik Monk during the summer months and you're like, where's Malik Monk? You go, where's the local game? Right. You show up at the local game and there's Malik Monk taking people's money. Mm-hmm. That's who Malik is. Hey. <laughs> the only way... But ahead, but the only way to to for Mike, th- there's one thing that Malik cares about. It's not money. Sure, he wants money. It's not. It's the only thing you can do to impact Malik Monk is to take away the one thing he loves, and that is a game of basketball. That's how you do it. And you know, like sometimes it, discipline comes in different ways, and you, you handle players differently. I get it, but at the same time, like I don't think that there's there's another way to handle Malik Monk in, in some of these situations. And that's okay. Do you think that Mike Brown would have, knowing what he knows now, if he could go back and redo the Charlotte game, do you think he would do anything differently? No. like as, I think he would. I, I don't know. Like I mean, the game, the win and loss, the wins and loss matter. And Mike knows that, and mm-hmm. he's probably very upset with himself that they lost that game and that that might have been a piece to it. But let's be honest. The, the game wasn't won and lost in the second quarter. No no doubt. I, I, I totally agree with you. But just yeah. from the, like, you talk about Malik Monk loves basketball. I don't know Mike Brown personally, but I know people who have had extensive conversations with him and people who do know him. And Mike Brown loves coaching. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Mike Brown loves to coach basketball. And so you brought up Malik Monk, and the thing you can do is you can take that away from him. I think Mike Brown probably regrets not taking that opportunity to be a coach. And I think that's what he would change. Maybe the outcome of the game doesn't change. Maybe Monk still goes out and has a bad game and, and goes and has a great game against the Magic. But I think that's why he would change it. It's possible, but I would also tell you that I think in that situation, Mike was a coach. He chose a path, Hmm. and I think that that path that he took, like, it's okay. Like, Sit his ass down and yell at him? Well, well, no, because from what I know, the exchange had happened afterwards when Mike came over in the third quarter and had a – he came over and said something to Malik and then said, okay, we're done. Let's let's cool down. He goes to walk away, and Malik said something to him again, Hmm. and that's when Mike came back, and then Jordy Fernandez stepped in. Like that whole situation could have been de-escalated. The the first half that that five minutes where he mm-hmm. plays five minutes, like I, I don't know. Like everyone is raised differently, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I had a situation where uh, you know we had to give a kid a ride to school one day, and we get uh, me and my son were driving. We stop by. My son's sitting next to me in the car. We stop by. We pick this kid up. He gets in the back seat and instantly starts telling us his story about how him and his sister um, were clowning his mom that morning. And she wanted him to do something, and they're just like, yeah, we're not doing that. And he just kept going on on this story. And I look over at my son, and my son's already looking at his friend, and he goes, hey, you should probably stop telling that story. And I just look at my son. He goes, and I'm like, okay. He's like, and I'm like, okay. And he goes, that's not how we treat my mom in my house. And I was like, oh. And it's like, that's Dang. that's that's right. That's not how you treat your mom. Benched his friend. In our house. And his friend was like, oh. He's like, that's 
he's like, hey, sure. dude, that's disrespectful. Sure, sure, we sure. don't treat our mom like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. And I said, and what would happen if you did? And my son's like, then I'd have to deal with you. Right. And it's like, yeah, exactly. You'd have to deal with me, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And his friend shut up right there. Like, oh, okay, not okay. inappropriate. So my point is that like each kid is like raised differently. They, they, mm-hmm. they have different things. But I, I will continue to say the one thing that you can do that would make Malik Monk feel it is to take away his minutes. <laughs> it's the only thing you can do. Outside of that, I don't know. Because and it's that's that's who he is. It's how he's raised. It's like what is in him, and and so I don't think Mike Brown did anything wrong there. Um, you know, we could talk. There are plenty of things that Mike Brown probably wants to revisit in the last year of coaching, and whether it's like his handling of Kevin Herter, mm-hmm. um, or it's you know the you know how he deals with his big man rotation, whatever it is. Sure, there are plenty of things that Mike Brown has done that he probably can second guess that moment. I'm all right with it. Cause mm. the next game that dude went out and scored 37 points and yeah. grabbed and dished out nine assists and help you win another ball game where you gave up 25 threes and you, you just didn't have it. And yeah. somehow you came out on top and it was because you did some tough love and it worked with that kid and good for you. I love when Malik Monk just goes into bucket getting mode. Yeah. It's so fun. He had a guy. I wish I, I start writing this stuff down. I try and text you like some thoughts and notes that I want to remember. And yeah. the, the the exact time of this, I, I forget. I think it was either fourth quarter or the first OT. But Monk at one point, he stand at the top of the key and just put the ball on the deck and got a blow by for an easy layup. Yeah. And I think I get so enamored. I, my favorite thing about Malik Monk is the audacity of some of the threes he takes. I love it. A guy in his face, a little sidestep, hand in the face, take a three. Uh, falling out of bounds towards the baseline, eh, I could have put it up anyway. Like I, I, I love that part of his game. That I forget how explosive he can be with that first step, mm. and the way the variety of ways he scored last night. Like yeah, the five threes in the second quarter were great, and seven of thirteen from three. You will take that from any player on any night. Ninety percent of NBA players will never do that in their career. Yeah, like you love that. But the amount of times they needed a basket last night, and it was Malik Monk getting to the rack and not trying to do too much. I was. Not only just the numbers in the box score, but just the way he kind of managed the game down the stretch was, especially with Aaron, De'Aaron Fox struggling to put the ball in the hoop. Mm-hmm. That was that was, I think, maybe even more impressive than the numbers. Yeah, and that's why you know, again, you don't want to take away who Monk is as a player, right? You don't want to sit there and and try to like put him in a box. That that's not what. He, Whatever you do with Malik Monk from here on out, you have to let Malik be who he is on the court. But when something's not right and something, the the level of play or the, the energy or the, you can see it, like as Mike can see it as a coach, there's something he saw that he did not like about what Malik was doing on mm-hmm. the court. And it's, you can't pull Malik aside and say, hey, I need you to use the screen better. That's not that's, that's fair. not that's not what we're talking about. You okay. you can't take away who he is. You have to let him be who he is on the court. But there are times where he doesn't have who he is, and you need to regulate. Mm-hmm. And and I get it. So hey, I just saw Jesse. Uh, he's a twinsy. 
You're rocking the insider hoodie? <laughs> right. Come on. Come on. Let's go. He's got I the would, blue version. Right? I would love it if D'Lo and Casey just happened to show up wearing the same hoodie. I, I think D'Lo wore an insider's hoodie yesterday. I'd be stunned if we got <laughs> back-to-back days of insider hoodies from D'Lo. Uh, he is the one friend I have who I don't think would wear the same thing two days in a row. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. I think all of my other friends, I could be like, I could see that. Also, uh, here on January 4th, please clap. Uh, I have Jesse's Christmas present for him. Oh, yeah. Everybody else got theirs the Friday before we left for the break. <laughs> That's right. Jesse's my, was in the mail. Jesse's literally. was literally in my mailbox while we were doing a show. Oh. Tough. Tough look uh, for your boy. But hey, it's here today, and I finally brought it with me. I've had it since then, and I finally brought it with me. I wrapped it today. Shout out to it. our promotion staff uh, down there, Megan and Jackie, for hooking me up with the with the wrapping paper. Yeah. We're all set. Anyways. Awesome. I'm excited for, for Jesse to open that. And I'm excited to get to our second hour, which is where we're headed next. Malik Monk was great last night. Demonis Sabonis was great last night. But I think Keegan Murray played his best game of the year last night. Mm. And I'll tell you why next on ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 